Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, October 28th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmos Spaces and Spark IBC host the Cosmos Town Hall for October with a discussion on liquid staking. Let's take a listen. Stride, Kevin, if anyone's wondering what Kevin's doing up here, by the way, he is going to be the voice of Pupmos, which I assume will also be joining here soon. I may need to send him the right link, but how are you guys doing, Stride and Kevin? Uh, hello. Um, hey, Timmy, and hello, everybody else. Um, yeah, I- I'm doing well. Uh, sorry, I was just putting out a tweet to um, to give some visibility to the space with the new link. Um, yes. Hi, everyone. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Yep, do, just was doing the same. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yep. Awesome. I'm seeing well, both uh, right now, perfect. I think this is probably my first time, uh, you know, being a uh, a vessel for an extremely talented dog, um, but very excited to be here. <laughs> for anyone wondering, I, uh, I have Cosmos <laughs> here with his dog translator, and I am... Uh, I'm representing, you know, um, so he he speaks with a series of taps, scratches and barks. And I'm going to do my best to uh, ask some questions just as Kevin and uh, also represent uh, Govmos and, and the pup. You're kind of like a, a Morse code reader, but for taps and scratches. Yes, exactly. Yes. Old school tap, tap, tap. And uh, so if there's any delay, it's only because I'm free. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, well, we can give Stake Easy a little time to join because we have a couple things to get through real quick before we get into the liquid staking panel. So first off, um, just want to thank everybody for being here. Um, Terra Spaces, shout out for anyone that might miss the beginning here. I always do my little check at the beginning. Is Terra Spaces in here? Good. All right. We're good to go. Um, so yeah, this is something that the Cosmos Spaces team and us at Spark want to do once monthly at the end of every month. Um, and it'll kind of be a two-parter. So for the first little portion of it, we'll try and make this quick, probably anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. Um, we're going to do just a month in recap, for example. Uh Oh, sorry. A uh, month in recap, um, just quickly going over all of the many, many things that have gone on in the Cosmos. Um, and then we'll turn it over to a discussion with a panel of guests on some hot topic for that month. This month, obviously, liquid staking. And so I'm thrilled to be joined by a couple of awesome teams. So we'll start off with the recap, um, which we've partnered with Imperator Co. Um, they're not going to be in this space just because it is like 2 a.m. for them or something. But they do some really awesome weekly recap threads that I've always been a fan of. And so we're basically just going to be kind of bopping through those super quickly. Um, not going to get too in-depth uh, in depth at all on any of these topics, more so just 
shouting out uh, everything that's gone on in the ever so hectic months of the cosmos. And if anything catches your ear, um, you can go investigate further. I think one great place to do so is if we mention something in the recap you want to learn more about, head over to TerraSpace's site and uh, search his archive. I'm sure there's probably numerous great discussions on the topic. So just because this is the first one of ours, we'll do a little bit of end of last month coming into October. Um, and some of these are big issues. Um, the only reason we're going to go through them quick is just because that's the format, but obviously there's a lot to dig in on these. So uh, starting off, obviously, we had the Atom 2.0 white paper come out. And since then, it's generated a lot of discussion, and it's probably going to be tweaked and worked on for a while. But some really interesting, cool stuff there to dig into. Um, the four pillars of it seem to be the interchain security, new issuance regime, and liquid staking the interchain scheduler, and the interchain allocator. So these are all like kind of big new pieces of innovation that might fundamentally change the role that the hub and Atom, or maybe not change, but further develop the role that Atom and the hub have in the greater ecosystem. Um, we also got a peek at something called mesh security, which Osmosis, Osmosis Juno, and Confio have been working on, which is... Some might say a competitor to interchain security, but I think probably more so an alternative. I'm sure that use cases for both will be found. Um, then we had native USDC finally announce it coming to Cosmos. And so that's obviously a big deal. That means we'll have um, sort of a more professional backing from Circle and a, a more trustworthy way to get the, that ever important stable coin into our ecosystem. And, um, that's just beneficial all around. Next up, Say Network, who I'm a huge fan of. They announced that they have a $50 million ecosystem and liquidity fund to support and bring more development and DeFi applications to their network. So if you or anyone you know is looking to build in DeFi, that could definitely be something cool to check out. Say Network is a little bit of a unique network, super fast blocks focused on DeFi and with an order book sort of built in. Really cool stuff. Um, then we had uh, Mars Protocol V2 announced, which was super cool. I think that was part of uh, Cosmospace's announcement. Um, that's, again, a lot to dig into there. But um, if, if you're not familiar with Mars Protocol at all, just check them out on Twitter and sort of start your search there. But there are some people that have been working really hard behind the scenes on a lot of cool stuff. I believe they started as a Terra project, and they were not, not dissuaded by the crash. They're still building, which we love to see. So moving on a little bit into mid-month, obviously we had the big Binance Bridge hack, which, you know, love it or hate it, they're sort of Cosmos. They're on our tech. What happened was uh, related to sort of some of our infrastructure and tech, they were obviously not doing things right and on the newest version, but that was uh, a massive story at the time. Even though the initial hack value was somewhere around 600 mil, I think they only got about 100 mil outside the chain, but still, still kind of crazy and shows that we have to stay up to date on security updates and all these sorts of... Um, we can't do what they do, basically, and just let old tech sort of sit there. <laughs> Oh, and I see a pup mouse. Let me feel free to accept or deny that pup because I know you're not actually talking. Um, 
Cool. So then next injective, a chain that doesn't get a ton of exposure or talk among like the sort of more grassroots Cosmos community here on Twitter, but is just an awesome project full of extremely competent builders. They announced something called Project X, which is a combination of strategy vaults for passive yield generation, uh, an AMM with illiquid loss protection, and a one-click launch pad. So pretty ambitious, but I think if there's a team that I would trust to try and tackle it, it would be the injected one. So that's Project X if you're looking to look into that more. Um, our next piece of news actually comes from Stride. So uh, let's see. You guys recently started to support Juno, which is awesome. We're obviously going to get into that tonight. So this one's almost a little bit redundant, but having that ST Juno now live and in the ecosystem has obviously um, enabled a sort of new range of things to be possible. And then a pretty big one, Secret 2.0 was announced and the first look was given with uh, quite a number of updates under the hood, but two of the big ones being, and these are, these are mouthful, threshold fully uh, homomorphic encryption for secret contacts for basically strengthening secret as a privacy hub. And then hardening SGX and other enclaves, which is, again, more under the hood stuff that just has to do with how they handle privacy and continuing to innovate and improve on that. Moving on, as it rocked everybody's world for a bit, at least the people more involved in validation and, and development, we did have the sort of Dragonberry um, vulnerability that was discovered and pretty quickly dealt with. Um, this was recently after the Binance hack. Cosmos and Osmosis teams discovered a security vulnerability that impacted all IBC-connected chains for all versions. Um, but as I mentioned, fortunately, everybody acted quickly, worked in coordination with each other, and um, it seems like we got through that era or that little arc pretty unscathed. So that's good. That's a shout out to everybody involved who made sure to work quickly and get stuff done. Uh, I think that proves how fast and responsive Cosmos is to sort of community issues and efforts. Um, next, we had Skip Protocol, which launched live on Juno Testnet. So I'm not sure exactly when they're going to be coming to mainnet, but they're the first ever MEV solution that is uh, building on Juno. So, uh, and I believe actually, yes, Oni Validator proposed the first ever bundle on Juno. So that, that's very cool. Um, moving on, IST will be live soon. We all know what soon means in the world of Web3, but probably means on the near-er horizon. But IST is another uh, potential stablecoin that will be coming out. This one um, native to Agoric. I'm not totally sure if the Agoric team is behind it or a third-party one. But uh, there seems to be a good bit of hype around it from what I've read. It seems pretty solid, so definitely something to keep an eye out for. That's IST. Um, and then Pulsar Finance um, launched live on Cosmos about like middle of this month. Um, it's a really cool sort of UI uh, and wallet package. There's more and more uh, alternatives to Kepler and uh, whatever other dashboards you might use every day. Um, and Pulsar is definitely a pretty cool one of them. Something maybe somewhat akin to what Emerus wanted to be, um, or at least aiming for that sort of thing. And then getting a little bit closer towards the uh, recent times here, 
we obviously had the Juno halvening pretty recently. So I think technically it was a third inning. Is that right, Kevin? Even though we're calling it a halvening in terms of emissions slashes. <laughs> it's a bit weird, right? It is a bit weird. It, yeah. You know, the, it is a halvening of inflation, um, but the effect that people really care about, which is APR, is a bit more of a third inning. Uh, yeah. So a little, little less intense than uh, I think people were expecting, but also definitely affects supply going into the system. So, you know, I guess it's all yeah. about how you how you mentally frame it. Yeah, totally. Cool. Um, oh, let's grab, hold on, let me grab little gains, get you on the stage here. Looks like you finally figured out your tech issues. Um, cool. So moving on, we're getting towards the end here. So more cool news about Say Network. They recently had Skip Protocol um, launch, which is, uh, again, something to provide MEV, MEV capture mechanisms. Um, Say, again, is like a pretty unique chain. It works differently to other Cosmos ones. So I'm really interested to see how this plays out there and how, how profitable or effective it is. Um, cool, moving on. So Interchain Foundation also undelegated a large amount of its atom. I think there was some uh, kind of hubbub that happened around this. Some people were a little worried before they found out exactly what was going on. Uh, sorry, multitasking here a little bit. But it was just part of uh, a new delegation policy where they'll start delegating again to new validators um, sometime in the coming weeks. They basically do like six months of validation um, or of delegations and then six of reshuffling and applications for new ones. And so we just sort of went through part of that reshuffling period. Um, we got, let's see, that. That brings us through all of the major ones, actually. So, um, obviously today, actually, or last night, we'll add one more. Um, Osmosis got added to Binance. So, I think that definitely put a little bit of excitement in everyone's, everyone's pants, a little fire under the, under the seat. So, that was super cool to see, I think. I don't know any of the details of what went on behind the scenes there, but, you know, it seems like we just keep building and keep growing it kind of becomes impossible to ignore eventually so cool that's our month in recap um again if any of those things are uh, piqued your interest you want to dive more into them there's tons of resources out there one great place to start might be searching the terror spaces archive um but there, there's a wealth of information out there so with that being said, before we continue, uh, Cosmos Spaces, I'm inviting you up here. Is it not working? Definitely don't want to. Oh, I see Gaines, you're up here. Do you want to just be the voice instead of the official account? I was just going to say, let, let me switch uh, really quick. Let me switch accounts really quick. Sorry. Okay, cool. Give me a sec. No worries. No worries. Um, so yeah, well, he does that actually. So uh, the... Next big piece of our agenda is to get into this panel and the fun stuff. And so before we do that, we just want to do a quick moment of um, shilling for ourselves. So Spark IBC, um, we recently did some upgrades to support a wider number of like wallet connections. So Kepler Mobile, Leap Wallet, uh, Ledger now works. So if you ever wanted to make a donation, but one of those things held you back, that's all live and working now. Um, we've been putting in a ton of work behind the scenes on Interchain Info. I'm sure people have kind of seen the buzz start to grow about it here on Twitter. We're going to 
be releasing some uh, previews very soon here. And then actually in maybe three weeks time at the most, we'll see, we're going to be entering a, a sort of beta phase where we'll have some of our friends start to play around with it um, as we continue to just source content. So uh, what that content sourcing side of thing means is basically if you are part of a project or friends with one or you're a validator or a content creator, really any of those things, um, I would encourage you to reach out to us. We'll probably come find you before the month is over. Um, asking to fill out some info about your project validator self whatever to get a page on our uh, we call it the interchain index you can basically think of it like the the wikipedia of cosmos so for the next month or so we're going to be in the kind of content curation and ingestion phase and then we'll probably be ready to launch so really exciting stuff there um there will be a spark campaign that goes live for interchain info around that time um and I think I think that's all the major stuff from my end. So let me pass it over to Cosmospaces. Sorry, I am back. And dudes, oh my goodness, I woke up late. Oh my god, I was so fucking fierce. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I uh, I had to take my daughter to school, and it was a half day. And oh my gosh, yeah. So I am so sorry that I'm late, but I'm here. One major, I guess, announcement. I'm sure you guys. Uh, it seems like those technical difficulties are persisting. Oh, hello, hello. Uh, am, am I the only one hearing nothing? Because I don't really hear oh. anything. Uh, yeah, I, you I'm are. hearing it all right. Yeah, I'm hearing him all right. Oh, okay. Uh, that's oh, great. that's fun. Twitter, litter, Twitter does this from time oh, to time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. Someone, uh, throw up throw up an emoji if anyone else did not hear Cosmospaces talk just then. Hmm, okay, I'm not seeing a ton. Stride, maybe just try disconnecting and rejoining. I've seen that work before. Apologies. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. No problem. Will do. And sorry if I interrupted him or something. No, no, no. That's good to know. I'm glad you didn't let that go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll rejoin. Cool. Thanks, Elon. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe maybe I should also step out and then come back um, as an on co-host. That sometimes helps to me. What do you think? Honestly, it couldn't hurt. It'll take two seconds, and yeah, okay. the good old fashioned turn it off, turn it back on. Yep, yep. One day Twitter will be everything we want it to be, but probably not before Howl launches. Am I right? <laughs> Ayo. All right, yeah, uh, I'm back. So... Uh, I, I was hearing him just as he stepped out, so hopefully I'll still be able to hear him when he returns. Okay, okay, that is a good sign. Let's get him back up here and test it. This is this is so odd. This happens like one out of every three spaces, and it's always just one or two people that can't hear another like specific person. It's very weird. Wow. All right, how is it um, now? Maybe it's intentional. Maybe it's like a social experiment they're running on us. <laughs> And then they see, like... Like, how much bullshit can we put them through? Will they still put up oh with it? God. Yeah, like, <laughs> what, kind of the, what kind of people are the kind of people to speak up and what people just don't say anything? I don't know. Just, I yeah. think all of social media is basically a, a social experiment in one way or another. Hey, Gaines, I also know... I know Quicksilver had their uh, <laughs> little time zone mishap. Um, have we heard from Stakeasy, though? Let's see if they're in here. Uh, if you're from Take Easy, request to speak really quick. 
But oh, maybe yeah, maybe it's a team member in here. Yeah, I'll check that on them. Okay. Can Stride hear me though? Stride, can you hear me? Uh oh. Oh no, Stride, can you hear him? Uh, Hello? no. Uh, was somebody oh. speaking? <laughs> oh, oh no. My. Twitter is yeah, yeah. No, it's wrong. fine. I can hear you. Um. Hey, Kevin, maybe, maybe you can speak up. See if I can hear you, Kevin. Yeah, so... Yeah, I can hear you. If, can all the speakers hear I, me? I, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Well, I can I hear pretty I, much I, I, got, I got lucky today. Yeah. Wow, it's really just... And can all the other speakers hear Cosmos faces, I assume? I yeah. Can, I can hear everybody. Um, let me... Okay, I'm going to leave again, but don't send me a co-host. Just, just uh, let me request to speak without the code. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, sorry about this, guys. This is nothing we could have foreseen. No, other than all the other times that we've been rugged in the past. <laughs> yeah, you know what? My Twitter hasn't crashed on me yet, which is surprising, and I guess this is the uh, alternative. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, we'll invite them back just as a speaker. Fingers crossed. And just so that, uh, who, who from Stride is on? Uh, hello, everybody. This is uh, John Galt from Stride. I'm the, the head of growth. So, uh, hello. Good evening. Awesome. Glad, Glad to, to hear your voice. You're, uh, you're, you're leapfrogging me here, Kev. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean no, to. No, I'm kidding. That's just <laughs> literally the, the first thing we were going to start with is let people intro. But, um... Gosh, what is going on with Twitter today? I accepted your request, Cosmos Spaces. I don't know why it says you're still a, a listener. It says he's a speaker to me. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, say something, Gaines. I didn't. No, I can't uh, hear him. I can't hear him as well. I blame Elon. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think we could just move on. Uh, I can hear the three of you, and you can okay. hear me, so I think we're good. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, not sure. Yeah. Okay. He, yeah. He can, he can join right. on his gains account later or something. Yeah, that actually might be the best bet. It seems like maybe just the Cosmos Faces account is bugged. Um. But cool. So yeah, let's start with just some intros. So, um, I guess I'll start with you, Kevin. You're just first on my screen. Would you like to give a little intro about Govmos and like what Putmos has been working on? Yeah, absolutely. So Pupmos is a validator on uh, a bunch. I'm speaking on behalf of Pupmos right now. So um, <laughs> Pupmos doesn't speak, uh, but he does type pretty well. So uh, the pup's been working on a liquid staking protocol called Govmos uh, for some time now. And uh, it's a, a pretty intricate product, which I know not everyone has seen or heard everything on, but uh, it is quite an elegant system which seeks to preserve sort of the sovereignty of choice of delegators on the chains which they liquid stake on. So preserving things like their ability to vote and to validate or select. Um, and there's a heavy emphasis on preserving the you know social consensus mechanisms that are behind tendermint while applying the basic advantages of delegated proof of stake. Uh, and liquid staking and, and being able to take advantage of your tokens while still securing a network. Awesome. And just for anyone curious, you're not involved with GovMos or Pupmos on the team, just literally acting as a vessel tonight. <laughs> the the key benefit is uh, that I think I'm involved with every single 
liquid staking provider in this chat. We validate on Stride, validate on Juno. We will be validating on Quicksilver. Uh, we're one of the validators for Stakeasy, so we're you know we're uh, we're all over the place. So you know I um, but to, today I am wearing the role of of just helping Pubmos communicate about Govmos. Cool, awesome. All right, um, let's head over to Stride next. So you already gave a brief intro, but just um, who you are on the team and then uh, a quick intro for what Stride is about. Uh, yeah, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is John. I'm the head of growth at Stride. Um, Stride is a Cosmos-wide liquid staking provider. We have our own blockchain, uh, but using interchain accounts, uh, we can uh, provide liquid staking for a whole bunch of chains. Um, most prominently, we are uh, the only um, Cosmos liquid staking provider to provide liquid staking for Atom. So that's like our flagship product. And then I will point out on Monday, so a couple of days in, on Halloween uh, on Monday, uh, we're going to be supporting Osmo as well. So we'll have ST Osmo, and that'll be the first time Osmo will have a liquid staking derivative. So that's going to be really exciting, and we're looking forward to that. Awesome. Cool stuff. And then lastly, we'll turn it over to the Persistence team, who is being represented by uh, Mikkel. How, how can I pronounce that? Yeah, it's Mikkel. Awesome. Uh, Take it away. Hey, everyone. I'm Mikkel. And uh, so I've been with Persistence for over three years, been here since day one. We've been uh, working on a bunch of stuff and started working on liquid staking in early 20, uh, late 2020, actually, early 2021. And we launched uh, a liquid staking solution for Atom, uh, but that was pre-IBC and, and pre-osmosis. So it was kind of a workaround solution where we issued the derivative uh, stake representative token, uh, which is STK Atom, as, as an ERC-20 token. So we built our, our own bridge for this uh, and, and got it uh, audited, actually, uh, quite a, by a bunch of auditors to make sure that, that the bridge is secure. And now we are uh, looking forward to launch liquid staking uh, for Atom on the persistence chain. So uh, STK Atom will be issued on the persistence chain uh, very soon. I think uh, we'll be making an announcement about that as well. Uh, so we already have a proposal live on persistence to to enable them uh, to you know uh, to upgrade the chain to add the module uh, to, to issue STK Atom on persistence. Uh, if the proposal passes, uh, which it seems to be at, at the moment, uh, we should be expecting to go live by 8th of November. So yeah, and I, I lead P-Stake within persistence. Awesome, cool. And we can we can maybe touch on um, the, the distinction between like P-Stake and persistence um, in a bit, but awesome. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. Um, this is gonna be awesome. I think we have uh, a couple sort of points. We're just going to go uh, around the table, so to speak, and get each of your input. And then a little later, we'll do sort of a, an open discussion where if, if any of you guys want to jump in and answer whatever, you can just throw a hand up. Um, but so starting off, um, and I guess we'll go in the same order. We can start with, or actually, no, we'll have Pupmos never go first. So he has time to type. To yeah, yeah, I was just going to say thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. So we'll start with Stride, actually. Um, generally, liquid staking is obviously the ability to stake an asset, but also have some sort of liquid version of it that can be transferred around, traded, put into DeFi, whatever. Um, aside from that sort of uh, general similarity that all platforms will share, um, what are some of the major benefits um, and risks that 
you guys see with your own platforms? Maybe not risks, but downsides or compromises or things that, that set you apart. We can start with Stride. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, one thing that's really interesting right now uh, that's going on in the Cosmos is there are so many different liquid staking providers uh, which have appeared over the last few months. And uh, they're all kind of tackling liquid staking from in a different way. So uh, it's going to be really fascinating to see uh, like how this experiment plays out and to see like which approaches actually work uh, or, or like what to what degree they work, I suppose. Um, in addition to the liquid staking providers uh, represented here tonight, there's also, of course, Quicksilver, um, StakeEasy, which we're going to be here, but didn't make it. But then in addition, there's there's Lido, of course. Um, there's um there's stake which is um something that they're trying to launch on um, osmosis and then also supernova so there's a whole bunch liquid staking is really popular and there's a bunch of you know different liquid staking providers um trying to provide liquid staking and uh, so so what sets stride apart uh what's what sets us apart is uh we're the only one with uh, a um a design policy of minimalism uh, I believe <laughs> maybe some of you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, we drew a lot of inspiration from Cosmos Hub. Of course, Cosmo, Cosmos Hub is famously minimalistic. Uh, it's all about security. It has to be really secure. So they want to have very few moving parts on that chain. No Cosmosm, no applications, just few moving parts, a very small attack surface. And Stride is the same way. So we're the only liquid staking provider that is a blockchain with just liquid staking. There's no other applications. Uh, we don't share our block space with anybody else. There's like nothing else going on on our sovereign uh, L1 Cosmos SDK blockchain. It's just liquid staking. And because of that, like there's, there's fewer moving parts, there's less complexity, there's a smaller attack surface. Um, so because we're a minimalistic blockchain, like the Cosmos Hub, uh, we think that really sets us apart, and uh, we think we think that's a good idea for liquid staking because um, liquid staking with liquid staking, like security, is really really essential because we're going to be issuing uh, liquid stake derivatives that are going to have a place in DeFi all over the cosmos. So uh, it, it, you mentioned risks, and I guess like th this is kind of an inherent risk with all liquid staking providers. Um, if there's a problem with your liquid staking provider then all of the liquid stake derivatives in all of the DeFi all throughout Cosmos um, are kind of in jeopardy, right? Uh, like if IST, for instance, um, interstable token is 20% backed by a Stride liquid stake derivative, if there's a problem with Stride, then it becomes a problem with IST, which is a problem with Agoric. So there can kind of be contagion like that. Um, so security is really essential incredibly paramount and therefore we've designed our entire approach around security so we've got minimalism few moving parts small attack surface and that's like probably the main differentiator for stride awesome that was a perfect little summary cool let's um hop over to mikhil next what about persistence or more specifically p stake actually maybe do you want to spend uh, just a moment kind of uh touching on the the specifics and differences there yeah absolutely uh 
So uh, a lot of people ask us this this question about how is P-Stake different to persistence. So P-Stake is more of a multi-chain liquid staking uh, application where we issue dead, uh, liquid stake derivatives not just for Cosmos-based assets, but assets beyond Cosmos as well. So we uh, went live on, on BNB chain a couple months ago, and uh, we've been live on Ethereum uh, for a while now. And we are also planning to go live on Solana, Avalanche. So it's, it's more of a multi-chain protocol. Uh, while Persistence is is the home for all P-Stake issued, you know, Cosmos-based uh, staking derivatives. So any any asset that we issue would be, act, uh, any Cosmos-based liquid staked asset that we issue would actually be issued on the Persistence chain. Uh, the team, uh, so within the, P-Stake is housed within the Persistence team and uh, we started working on, on liquid staking in 2020 uh, when right after we we did the first stake drop campaign in, in the Cosmos ecosystem. So uh, we were actually the first ones to to do a stake drop campaign within Cosmos. So uh, stakers of, of Atom and, and Luna and some other assets uh, would receive an XPRT targeted airdrop, which is the persistence token. And soon after that, we realized that there's there's a huge demand for, for generating additional yields through staked assets. And uh, we started looking into to how to solve this problem and that's kind of how p-stake came about in, in late 2020 and yeah so p-stake is, is something that has come out of persistence and uh, that's you know kind of our strength as well because of the fact that we've been in the cosmos ecosystem since since 2019 uh, part of game of stakes game of zone so you know we have that history and, and the team background and everything is, is super aligned in that sense um to go to the next question which is more around what sets us apart i, I think the fact that you know uh, so if you aren't already aware of what persistence wants to do persistence this aim is to build build a liquid staking hub when we say a liquid staking hub what it really means is that the goal is to build applications on, or, or have teams build applications in the persistence chain that are solely focused on liquid stake and liquid staked assets so unlike juno which is more of a general purpose chain uh, permissionless uh, unlike something like, uh, you know, something like what Terra2 is uh, or, or any other chain for that matter, uh, we want to be very, very focused on, on liquid stake assets and, and liquid staking. So any application that is built on top of persistence is going to be uh, somewhat catered to, to liquid staked assets. So by that, what I mean is, you know, for example, uh, you have a DEX on, on the persistence chain, which, which might be going live somewhere uh, before the end of the year. Um, and there's another money market, uh, another team working on a money market product. All these products, so you know, liquid staked assets. There are various ways of of issuing that derivative itself. It could follow a dual token model. Uh, it could follow a rebase token model like STETH, uh, or it could just follow an exchange rate model like like what we have with WSTETH uh, or Strides Atom. So. Uh, because of the fact that these assets are all yield generating assets, there could be a situation where you always, you know, you always have impermanent loss when you supply liquidity. Now, even if you create a pool with just Atom or you know STK Atom Atom, the fact that you have this pool, there will be some rebalancing happening in the background, which will uh, reduce the number of of STK Atom or ST Atom that you hold. So, you know, uh, there are teams who are, who are trying to figure this out, and and you know eliminate the or, or mitigate or reduce the the impermanent loss as much as possible and come up with use cases which are um, you know on, on the money market side you could have a protocol which does self-repaying loans self-healing loans and and all those kinds of things so that's kind of what our goal is uh stake the fact that p stake is is built on on top of persistence as a as a module uh 
we we actually take uh, the exact opposite approach to that of stride where stride's focus is to be very minimalistic ours is to be very targeted but go go very aggressive on these use cases while at the same time also expanding uh sdk assets uh capabilities or use cases within the entire ibc ecosystem so uh th- that's what uh, i would say you know is, is a differentiator for us we've in the past launched sdk atom like i said on, on ethereum and we've learned quite a bit of things we uh played out an experiment which didn't quite work out so we tried a dual token model where you stake your atom get sdk atom but your staking rewards are in the form of uh, a pegged atom token which you have to claim and you can choose whether or not you want to stake it or or uh, c- compound it or, or just claim your rewards and reduce your risk over time uh we've done those kinds of things and and uh, learned quite a bit about liquid staking and we've worked with a lot of auditors so security as as you know uh, john mentioned is is also uh, something that's super important to us and given the fact that we've been working with a lot of these security auditors we've kind of uh, figured out what, what exactly it is that we want to be building and how is how it is that we want to build those things so yep that's pretty much it about like uh, what sets us apart hey kevin you got your hand up can you guys hear me now, Stride? Are we good? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, it's a miracle. Thank you, Elon. Thank you, Elon. Yeah, we can hear you. That's uh, that's great. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, Kevin, go ahead, though. Saw your hand up, and, and you're next up anyways. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just uh, finished collecting the uh, answers from, from the pops, so I thought I would uh, maybe prefix it just with a... Uh, a point that's more for me, which is just kind of on the, the, the risks aspect, um, which, you know, in, in some of my discussions also with Pupmos, just on like high level concepts around liquid staking, um, which is that, you know, Tendermint is inherently based upon social consensus, right? So people who own tokens coming to agreement or consensus on various aspects of the chains that they're staking on. So that includes delegating to validators, that includes voting on governance proposals and campaigning for those proposals. And Tendermint depends upon social consensus to function safely, which is interesting. It's very human interaction. So um, I, I think that that's probably been my primary concern with liquid staking as a concept is how do we preserve social consensus um, in, in that process, um, which is a tough problem to tackle. So that's, that's my thing. Um, but to get into uh, GovMos, you know, the, the system, as I understand it, is uh, built to allow any DeFi protocol to have those abilities. So the ability to vote, to delegate to your validator of choice, uh, to auto compound your tokens and to have your liquid staking tokens inside that protocol so that you can have, for example, a lending protocol with voting rights and with self-paying loans and to have a stable coin with voting rights and a DEX liquidity pool with voting rights. So you preserve the social consensus mechanisms that are important to the user at the end of the day while still taking advantage of all the abilities of liquid staking. and. The hard part and it when I was asking about the risks is safely hitting the moving target of the actual tokens in these DeFi protocols. So 
you know, a, a DEX has a constantly changing amount of tokens inside of it. So how do you prevent someone from performing a flash loan attack and producing false votes? Um, you know, the, the architecture side is hard and making that architecture composable across any protocol, including IBC, is the tough part of implementing a system like that. So um, therein is, you know, finding a, a, a design implementation that is simple and safe that tackles all of those aspects is definitely the hard part. But in doing that, the advantage of GovMos is that you preserve that sovereignty of choice for the user, which protects tendermint consensus and ultimately provides users with the rights and the ability to have autonomy over their voting, delegating, and ultimately maximizing their yield with auto-compounding. So hopefully I explained that well enough for you, Pup. So we, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into details of Pup, you know, if you want to break anything down more, we'll have plenty of time. Um, yeah, to kind of piggyback off uh, the first part of what you mentioned, Kevin, actually, and maybe explain why I even uh, used the term risks in, in my initial question there. Uh, I personally, and this is coming from Timmy, not necessarily Spark IBC team, I've, I've, just, I've been in crypto long enough that I think I've grown somewhere between cynical and skeptical, but I think to a healthy degree. And I'm actually somewhat skeptical about liquid staking. I think it needs to be a thing. I think all the people up here and, and the ones who couldn't make it tonight are doing like great work. Um, but I'm very interested to see how it pans out long term because something, it's probably just that I don't have my head wrapped around the inner workings enough to feel comfortable with it. I think that's a good rule of thumb for everyone. If you don't really understand how something works, don't fully trust it. But it seems to me that Although liquid staking is probably necessary in some capacity for a number of reasons, it, it probably comes with it some of its own risks. Like, and, and I'm wondering if anyone, it's kind of a call to action, would be willing to like speak on that. Some of the maybe inherent downsides, not specific to your platforms, but just like one thing I, I, I can't fully think through, but I always sort of get hung up on is it almost feels like it's a form of leverage in some very weird capacity, just where the initial assets still exist and they're doing their thing somewhere. But then these other ones that can be used in other places for other things are sort of, quote unquote, created out of thin air. And I don't have any like specific problem with this. I haven't thought through models where it's like specifically bad, but I assume that uh, this general field of liquid staking is something that has to be navigated like very, very delicately. So kind of an open-ended question. And again, we'll, we'll start with stride and persistence. If, if you even have any input on this, are there certain things that you guys encountered while building that were like an oh shit moment? We have to plan for that or things that maybe are just unavoidable with any kind of liquid staking module. Like what should people who want to know both sides of the story and not just have a, you know, a town hall tonight of us shilling how awesome liquid staking are at least be able to think about and consider, are there any major things like that to you guys or am I maybe overthinking it? Uh, yeah, well, uh, since you indicated me, I guess I'll go first. Um, uh, first of all, I just like to really emphasize, like you say that liquid staking is inevitable and it, it definitely is inevitable. And I'll, I'll just kind of, um, explain exactly why it's inevitable. Like it's not just inevitable for no reason. Like people might just say this is inevitable. 
and therefore we have to do it, but they don't ex exactly explain why. But the reason liquid staking is inevitable is because people want to collateralize their Atom and their Osmo and other things. Like Atom is a very serious financial asset and it's going to be more serious in the future. And you can't properly collateralize it to uh, use it as collateral to take out a loan or to have a, a leverage position without liquid staking. Because uh, if you collateralize Atom or Osmo or any other Cosmos uh, proof of stake token without liquid staking, then you miss out on your staking rewards. And that's really prohibitive. Like with Atom, if you would like to collateralize Atom by itself to mint a uh, CDP stablecoin, you're going to be missing out on that 20% uh, staking reward APR. And that's just really prohibitive. Um, so you can't properly collateralize these assets without liquid staking. With liquid staking, you earn the staking rewards and then you collateralize the derivatives. So like this is really important and people need to be able to do this. And uh, without liquid staking, I, I really don't see a way that you can collateralize these important financial assets in the Cosmos ecosystem um, in a decentralized way. Uh, so anyway, that's why it is inevitable. And um, like a, a whole wave of DeFi applications is on the horizon and and they're coming now because they're finally enabled for the first time because of the proliferation of liquid staking across the cosmos um but yes there are risks and um i, I really don't think there are like like specific nasty risks like one terrible thing you can point to that you really have to work hard to mitigate there's just kind of like general risks and i would put those into two categories the one category is governance risks and the other category is economic risks. So with governance risks, um, when you deposit Atom with Stride, the Stride blockchain controls that Atom. So for instance, if uh, one third of all circulating Atom were deposited with Stride, the Stride blockchain would have a tremendous amount of power, right? Because with one third, you could halt the Cosmos Hub blockchain, and that's not good. Oh, Can sorry. Go ahead. Ask, was there something along those lines that happened with Lido for some chain, or am I imagining this? Uh, probably imagining it, because like okay. liquid staking on any chain has never approached the one third threshold, um, and like even outside yeah, of the Cosmos ecosystem, it's it hasn't gotten that big. Like on Terra, I forget off the top of my head, but maybe maybe the liquid staked Luna deposited with Lido approached. I don't know, 10% of the total supply? Yeah, but still. it could have been something like it. it I mean, Lido, Lido is very close. They own 30.5%. Like 30.5% of staked ETH is staked to Lido. Oh. Yeah, but not but not all ETH. We're not talking about all ETH, right? No, but of staked ETH. Of staked ETH. Which, which is all what, that matters, which right? Which is what matters, yeah. Uh, oh, right, right. Okay, yeah, that's true. Which is what, uh, you know... That's what people are freaked out about, understandably. Yeah. Yeah, but so there's this governance issue for sure. And, and so like um, how, how a liquid staking provider delegates um, the tokens that are deposited with them is really important. And like also security risks, because like ultimately if the chain is hacked, people could take control of that atom and then vote with that atom on the host chain. And that wouldn't be good. So that's an issue. And that's like an economic, sorry, a, a governance risk. But then there's economic risks, because like I was saying before, um, if a liquid staking provider goes down in some kind of hack, then that's uh, like when Terra went down, when Terra went down, 
the rest of the cosmos ecosystem was more or less unscathed, right? But the way that a liquid staking provider uh, really gets integrated with so many applications on so many chains, if a prominent liquid staking provider went down in some kind of hack or terrible uh, catastrophe, <laughs> then uh, it would kind of like pull down all of the DeFi applications that had integrated its LSDs. So um, those are the two risks, I would say, the general like broad categories of risks, um, like governance and then economic. Um, and then the way you mitigate that is just by being obsessed about security. And Stride is obsessed about security. We're going to have a huge bug bounty. We've got rate limiting. Uh, we did two audits and we have a third underway. We're working with informal and we're going to have interchange security as well. Um, like we've got a professional team. Uh, we've got uh, lots of pretty good connections. So like we are obsessed with security even more so than a normal crypto protocol. And that's how you um, mitigate against those two broad categories of risks. Uh, but I'd like to get, uh, like, what do you guys think as well uh, in terms of risks? First off, that was an awesome answer. I appreciate that. That's totally just kind of the open-ended discussion I was looking for. Um, yeah, Mika, what do you think? Yeah, I think I pretty much echo what, what John just said here. Uh, to, to highlight, you know, more around, uh, around the validator side of things. So, you know, most liquid staking protocols, as, as you might know, would obviously issue a, a derivative that is fungible. But uh, even with the liquid staking module that is expected to go live soon, uh, which is built by Occlusion, uh, you essentially get an NFT which is representing your stake with a particular validator, and you could potentially deposit that with the liquid staking protocol, which would then issue a, a stake, a, a fungible stake derivative asset. Now. Even with this, you know, even with the uh, possibility of you being able to choose your validator, what liquid staking protocols may not be able to offer, at least in, in the near term, as far as I can tell, is, is the ability to slash, you, you know, stakers who are staking with particular validators if that validator uh, has a slashing event. So example, you staked with validator X uh, and you deposited that that NFT uh, to P-Stake or Stride or or uh, GovMoss, uh, whatever liquid staking protocol you may choose. Uh, as far as I know, you know, if there's a slashing event, everybody would would uh, feel the heat of that event, and uh, everybody would suffer for that. So, the selection of validators is pretty critical. So, like for example, a lot of people would say that okay, you know, you should help uh, decentralize the Cosmos Hub, so have a larger validator set. Uh, that that the liquid staking you know provider supports or, or delegates the assets to or or for example you know you could have a very conservative approach where the providers you know uh, only delegates to for example 20 to 25 validators now there's uh, trade-offs to both of these approaches but uh the conservative approach is is taking taking the route where you choose choose a smaller set of validators to delegate to because you want to make sure that uh, the delegators' assets are as, as safe and secure as possible. So uh, that is definitely one risk that uh, you know people talk a lot about. Uh, we've been speaking a lot about you know how how the validator set should be selected, but we haven't really spoken about the risks uh, around why, why selecting the right validator set is, is super critical. Uh, in addition to that, as I, I think it was uh, Jay who was recently speaking on, on CryptoCito's uh, panel discussion with Zaki and, and uh, Sunny, where he talked about liquid staking, creating additional risks, like uh, which are 
solely because you know uh, for example you stake with a liquid staking provider they would auto compound your staking rewards so the risk that you've taken on with just your uh, just your principal uh, atom or, or whatever asset it is it keeps on increasing unlike if you just take your atom you have the ability to pull out your staking rewards so that is another risk that that uh, i think was highlighted very recently but it's not that big of a risk because as a you as a user you could potentially just swap out your rewards daily or there could be a vault product that is built that works in in an inverse way to a vault where you know the vault itself is is selling some of your rewards on a daily basis and converting it back to atom or or whatever the native asset is in addition to this you can uh, also potentially see a liquid staking provider follow a token model which does not auto compound users assets and uh, that is again again an option so uh like john mentioned broadly into like governance risk governance and and security risks and and economic risks uh although economic risks are pretty high given the fact that and and this is my personal view I, i'm sure others here might not agree with this but uh i do think that in, in the future given a long term horizon and, and i'm talking about like 2 to 3 years from now 5 years from now i believe most of the liquid staking providers would converge to to a design which is which is very very similar to uh you know to each other and you might not be able to differentiate uh each of these liquid staking providers just by looking at at the code or or even by mm. so you so kind of mean to say like liquid staking could possibly become something as sort of standardized as staking or something where absolutely yes yeah. absolutely and that probably makes sense given enough time i'm sure there will be a model that reigns supreme so that that actually makes a ton of sense yeah um, and yeah that that's like you know that does then also add more risk because you're all kind of looking at this at a similar model uh, but at right. the same time that model needs to be super super solid for for that to actually happen so this it's a very paradoxical statement i'd say cool Okay, awesome. Um, does Pupmos want to add anything on the risk side of things? Yeah, um, I think the strongest point that Pupmos made was that the right validator set is the one that the stakeholders choose, um, which I strongly agree with, actually. Um, I think that that's the entire concept behind the ecosystem that we have. And I think that... Um, you know, people choose their validators for a reason, and that's what protects governance. So um, that's that's something that, that we share on that. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll read through as well kind of some of the other points that he sent over to me. Um, and I, in order to do this, I must say the J word, um, but I promise it'll be okay. Um, so <laughs> uh, if you've been following the Adam governance chats lately, um, you'll probably seen that Jay Kwan expressed an interest in banning liquid staking um, because of some of the risks that that presents to uh, Tendermint consensus. Um, and the interesting point on that is that Pupmos agrees with Jay's points, uh, but instead of trying to kind of unilaterally make it impossible to build a protocol that accounts for the risks without any downside, um, there's got to be kind of another solution. Like we're saying, this is this is an inevitable aspect of things. Like there's got to be some sort of liquid staking 
uh, in the system. People want that. It is a need and want. So um, we, we need to be able to build a protocol that counts for the risks without any of those downsides that uh, are risky to the overall ecosystem. So uh, one of the points that he brought up as well is that app chains inherently give up their sovereignty when they give up their stake to another chain, um, which is a, a fair point to make. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, for example, the Cosmos Hub is so adamant on liquid staking chains using ICS. Um, so they want to maintain that sovereignty of, of their token uh, and, and kind of control that risk. Um, and I think those were the main points, actually. There was another point that was quite technical about IBC in general, um, which we're going to do as is beyond here, but the main points, you know, building a protocol which can account for those risks without having all of the downside. Cool. Yeah. yeah uh, if, if I can jump, just jump in for a moment, uh, Kevin. If I may uh, ask you, uh, would you be able to relay Pupmos a uh, little question for me? Because uh... Pupmos can hear us. He's just oh. talking to Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Well, anyway, um, I, I'm curious. Like how how have you figured out a way to allow users to select their own validators uh, as a liquid staking provider? Because um, we've been thinking about that ourselves, and we can't quite figure out how to do it. And um, Quicksilver, who was supposed to be here, that's another prominent thing that they do. Um, if you say deposit Atom with Quicksilver, you'll be able to um, pick the validator that that Atom ends up being staked with. Mm -hmm. uh, but but how do you do that in a way that's resilient to attack vectors? Because like, well, yeah, like, what's your implementation? That is a great question that I will totally answer as soon as I have the answer. <laughs> yeah, give him, give him a moment yeah. to type that out. But okay, yeah. yeah. But, uh, while he's typing it out, I'll just like point out the the issue. Like, there are a number of issues that occur to us at Stride, but the most prominent one is that it can be gamed like pretty easily. Because what you do is like you take your atom and you deposit it with the liquid staking provider, and then you select like validator A, and it goes to validator A, and then you get a liquid staking derivative. Then you sell that liquid staking derivative for Atom, and then you stake that Atom, and you have it go to the same validator, and you get another liquid staking derivative, and you just loop it, right? And that suppresses the price of um, the liquid staking derivative. So people are going to be arbing it. They're going to be using it to redeem the underlying. So they're going to bring the price back up. So, so the attacker just keeps doing it. And then eventually, validator A winds up with all of the atom in the protocol. Or not all of the atom, but like that would be the attack factor. And like we were just, that, that's one of them. And uh, we couldn't quite solve that one. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to get your take on that. And uh, if Quicksilver, um, yeah, I, I would have been interested to hear their take on it as well. But um, yeah, like... It, the the reason like the main reason we're not doing it that way is just, we can't quite figure out how to do it in a way that can't be attacked. And just a quick update um, for everyone that's listening, um, I did reach out to the uh, Stake Easy team and they haven't replied back, so it's just going to be us up here for tonight. Okay, gotcha. 
I, I well, do that, have a res- that pup can be really technical. Yeah, <laughs> the pup can be very technical. Um, so uh, the the answer that I got was um, that you essentially you get shares in the protocols that you put your tokens in, and you vote with their shares. So each protocol has a contract interface that they need to implement to count the tokens under those shares. Um, and their risk adjustment ratio is based on the relative risk of each protocol. Uh, so maybe there are risks, but when a lot of people think of liquid staking, they kind of think of a dystopic future and ultimately he's aiming to make GovMo liquid staking protocol for a future that people can be excited about. And that was his answer. Okay. Yeah, sweet. Um, it sounds like maybe that's more so a thing you would do for voting, but um, like still the thing that really stumps me is like the, the validator selection, but um, maybe we'll see in the future yeah, Pop, uh, when, you... when Quicksilver launches. No, that doesn't even make sense. Hmm. I was trying to think through that. Unless you somehow found a way to like separate letting the user choose their voting from their actual like uh principal delegation or something almost like what prism did with luna but i don't think that would work so yeah hmm very interesting this is okay. yeah, cool. yeah game take it away so yeah uh, awesome he's been thinking about the same thing there's no outright solution to this other than like capping the uh, delegations that you could make to a certain validator in, in a given time period to kind of mitigate this attack vector, but you can't like fully resolve this as of yet. Because you could just use multiple wallets or, or exactly a number uh, of other, yeah. Yeah, but, but mostly this would be more of an attack vector from a validator perspective as well, where uh, it would be a validator that would be, and again, if you've seen what Lido did with the referral program, where they could actually like monitor who was trying to. Oh, you know, figure out a workaround uh, to the referral program to earn more LDO incentives. They would kind of blacklist those addresses, but that's again not not a scalable solution. And and at the same time, it's mostly in the valuator's best interest to just take their atoms with a liquid staking protocol and choose their own valuator and repeat the whole process so that they can generate more revenue through their staking operations. And this just helps raise their valuations if they're raising funds or whatnot. So. That's kind of more uh, on a validator level. Uh, but again, I, I think uh, John is also speaking from the next level of attack, which is coming from a user perspective, which is uh, pretty exciting as well. Right. Okay, I, cool. I do, Mikhail, I do could, have you, a... could you move your mic slightly closer to your mouth? Just, just a tiny bit. You're a little bit quiet. Sure. Awesome, thanks. That sounds great, Michael. Um, I do have the full answer on that. I, I didn't wait long enough. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but to finish off Pupmos' answer, and I think maybe this will answer your question a little better, um, the, the mechanism on the whole is that part of that contract is that you have to lock it up with that protocol to choose a validator. So that's kind of the kicker is... The initial delegation is epoch so that you have time to stake it. Um, and part of that process is locking it in that protocol, that derivative, um, to at which point you can then choose a validator. Right. Yeah, it, that makes sense. Uh, there's yeah. a bit of a trade-off with locking it, but 
I can see how that would be possible. Exactly. And I think that just provides a protection mechanism on that sort of delegation loop that you're talking about. All right, guys, we uh, ready to move on to the next question. Cool, cool. Well, you know, I really appreciate that you guys are touching up on all the risks um, for liquid staking because personally, I haven't really touched liquid staking yet. You know, I kind of want to see this all play out first. Um, and I know Stride touched up on a little bit about like the exciting things about liquid staking. But again, let me just bring up the question, like what, why should people be excited about liquid staking coming to, uh, to the prevalence in the cosmos? Uh, what does liquid staking enable that makes you guys most excited? And why is it the most important in your words? And we'll go with uh, P-Stake. Mm, yeah. Uh, so it's it's the fact that you can, uh, up until now, most of the atoms were just staked. There's, there's not much you could do, uh, especially with, with atom inflation being high and, and rewards being high. Uh, and it's probably the most secure way to, to generate yields. Uh, but the fact that you'd have a lot more opportunities to generate yield going forward. I think uh, it just makes a lot of sense to have more capital efficiency and allow users to, to not just take their assets, but also earn additional yield on top of that. Uh, in, in, you know, not exactly in a risk-averse manner, but uh, in the most efficient way, and, and users would have the ability to choose the kind of risks that they would want to take. So it could just be like, you know, your leveraged liquid staking or, or you're just collateralizing your uh, staked atom derivative. Uh, and yeah, so the, the capital efficiency aspect of, of liquid staking is probably the most important thing here. But at the same time, it's, it's you know, I think Zaki touched upon this quite a while back when, when he talked about like having most of the atom supply liquid staked. I, I personally think that's not super, uh, like that won't be super helpful to users because you know, redemption from uh, derivative from the derivative to the native asset won't be that easy. So I, I think liquid staking protocols would eventually move to a P2P model or a B2B model of sorts where they are integrated directly with uh, with other applications uh, and and it's not the user. So it's more like superfluid staking, but with better composability. So superfluid staking is a great example because it allows you to also LP and you as a user are you know, just starting with, with the first step, which is what Osmosis wants you to do, which is to supply liquidity, and then you can superfluid stake it. Uh, it. It's pretty much like that, where, for example, P-Stake is integrated with the DEX directly, where the user does not have to come and use P-Stake, but just goes on to the DEX and stakes uh, and, you know, provides liquidity uh, to a pair. And uh, the DEX has the ability to liquid stake the assets. Uh, but at the same time, the DEX should be able to offer instant redemptions for whenever the user wants to withdraw. And this is kind of uh, what... Uh, I personally have have been thinking around, which is more like, uh, you know, uh, having having a redemption pool of sorts, which allows protocols to uh, or applications like Dexes to be able to. Uh, it's more like BUSD, what Binance did with BUSD, where all the trading, for example, you know, you can uh, deposit USDC, USDT, whatever asset you want on Binance and withdraw it, but trading happens in BUSD. Uh, I, I see a future where this is possible with liquid staking, where then trading and everything, liquid staked assets actually become the base asset of, of the economy, of the PS economy. But for that to happen, you would need instant redemptions. And for that, you would need a redemption pool that is built in, which holds Atom or, or the native asset. And these protocols are able to leverage that to swap out 
uh, the, the the liquid staked asset to the native asset very seamlessly. Uh, so it's it's more around capital efficiency that that uh, I'm I'm most excited about. But at the same time, the future where PS assets are are liquid staked assets are actually the base assets of the PS economy. Thank you. That's right. That's an interesting idea for the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely uh, fantastic. I hadn't quite thought of those ideas about uh, DEX and um, what you were saying about uh, having the liquid, the uh, liquid staking. But um, uh, what what I'm most excited about is just uh, DeFi maturing in the cosmos. Because uh, having mature DeFi, like, like ask yourself, like why isn't there really good money market? Why don't we have really good um, over collateralized stable coins? And why don't we have like really big, powerful, perpetual? protocols. Uh, those three things require collateralization and collateralization uh, in the context of the cosmos really requires a liquid staking provider. Uh, like I said before, the, the DeFi hurdle rate for Atom is 20%, which is really too high of a hurdle to clear for most people. But uh, the, the DeFi hurdle rate for liquid do you staked wanna, Atom... Do you want to break down that term just super quick? Yeah, yeah. It, it's like I said before, like... Uh, if you put your naked atom up for collateral, um, it's not staked. So you're you're missing out on 20%. So like right now, users have a choice. They can either deploy their atom in DeFi or they can stake it. If they stake it, they get 20% for free. It's risk-free. And, you know, they don't have to do anything. They get 20%. So they would only put it in DeFi if they knew they could earn more than 20%, right? If they could clear that hurdle rate. And that's a pretty high hurdle rate, 20%. Like you have to be uh, pretty savvy to get more than twenty percent, or there has to be some kind of Ponzi nomics involved. Um, but but with liquid staking, you get the twenty percent, and then you put the LSD into DeFi, and then anything you make, like is extra in addition to the twenty percent. So you could put your um, SD atom into DeFi and earn three percent, and that would still be great because you're starting with a hurdle rate of zero. Um, yeah, and so uh, this is going to enable like DeFi to actually happen. Like there are so many money markets and decentralized stablecoins and perpetuals protocols right around the corner. And like I'm really excited for this DeFi winter in the cosmos. They're going to be just popping up all over the cosmos on all kinds of chains. And it's finally happening now uh, because of liquid staking. Because without liquid staking, your collateral options are USDC. And even if you get USDC native to the cosmos, that's still not decentralized, right? Because USDC is like completely centralized because it, it comes from outside of crypto. Um, it, you could get uh, wrapped Ethereum or wrapped Bitcoin here into the Cosmos ecosystem, but then you've got a sub substantial bridge risk, right? And even if you use Axelar, still kind of risky. Uh, what you need for collateral is something decentralized and native and with a low or non-existent hurdle rate. and now that we have liquid staking, we're going to have, we've got liquid staked Atom and uh, on, on Monday, Stride is going to debut liquid staked Osmo. Those are going to be two fantastic native decentralized collaterals and the hurdle rate is going to be zero. So uh, over just the next few months, like I said, you're going to see money markets, um, CDP stable coins and perpetual protocols. Like we're talking to all of them and there's a lot coming up right around the corner and I'm really excited about that. Thank you, Stride. Is the pup ready, Kevin? Yeah. Um, I, I just want to share personally, I, I 
I share that same sentiment. Like I'm, I'm quite excited to see Cosmos DeFi take off and, and seeing all of the kind of thoughtful discussion around liquid staking, like the fact that we're having this panel is super cool to me. And, um, you know, even as a validator, I'm learning a lot through the process and um, there's a lot to consider, you know, in, in implementing this. And there's a lot of really, really smart people working on this. So um, I'm just excited to see all of the things that that come from this. So um, that's that's my bit um, to touch on. Putmos's much more eloquent points here. I'll, I'll read through what he's mentioned, which is that you know, in terms of what makes him most excited and and why this is important to him. Um, until now, users had to choose between staking in the staking module, which is what everyone's used to, and having their voting rights, or having liquid tokens and staking in a protocol, but giving up their voting rights. So it, they're excited about bringing the promise of individual sovereignty and stakeholder representation to the concept of staking. And the key differentiator is that GovMos is built like Legos for liquid staking. So anyone can build a part of GovMos, and we can't yet predict what innovative use cases developers will come up with. but that's what they're excited to see unfold. Much like the Cosmos founders couldn't predict exactly what app chains might exist in 2022, and I'm sure they never thought, and many of these would exist when they built the Cosmos SDK. Um, you know, this is something that we're going to see unfold with liquid staking. Um, and to put a cap on that, he mentioned that many liquid staking protocols are selling gold, and GovMos is giving out shovels. Even through text and a and a translator, he's a salesman. Yes, he is. <laughs> so, so in you in your guys' opinion, who are we targeting here? What kind of users uh, or use cases as well? And we'll go with um, we'll go with Stride if you're ready. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, could you elaborate a bit more though, like? Um... We're pretty much targeting everybody, uh, like everybody who wants to use DeFi in the cosmos. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. actually, I think yeah. that's a little bit what. So I, I guess that's actually where the core of the question is. Like, this isn't for a particular type of user, a particular type of protocol, kind of like um, Mikhail mentioned earlier. Do you guys all sort of foresee a future where just the majority, if not all, of like, um, these various stakeable assets are liquid staked. Is this like just for pretty much everyone or? Yeah, well, it probably won't be all like, um, obviously at stride, like if you look at the graph of, um, our deposits, it's, you know, if you extrapolate that line on the graph, like you would think eventually it's going to be a hundred percent liquid staking, but, uh, I don't really think it'll get there. Um, I don't know. It might, but uh, anyway. Uh, well, uh, here's one thing I could say. Uh, you asked a bit about um, like who are we making our products for. Um, I'll just answer the question this way. I'll say um, Stride doesn't do DeFi. Uh, we just do liquid staking. That's it. Uh, we don't have a Dex. Um, we don't have a money market. Um, unlike um, uh, like um, persistence, we're not going to have applica applications on our chain, and Lido is going to be on Neutron, and 
uh, there's going to be other applications there, like native applications for Lido to interact with and Quicksilver and Supernova. Um, a lot of the liquid staking providers are taking this route where they um, have their own DeFi and then would be presumably sponsoring it with incentives. Um, we don't do that, though. Uh, like uh, Another unique thing about Stride, like we've got this minimalist aspect, but we've also got a neutrality aspect, which is also kind of inspired by the Cosmos Hub. Um, the Cosmos Hub can provide security for any other chain because the Cosmos Hub's completely neutral. Uh, likewise with Stride. Uh, we're not trying to build our own DeFi. We're just trying to work with other people. So uh, we don't have a DEX, so it we don't have a conflict of interest. Um, we can incentivize Stride LSDs on any DEX, and we're going to be doing that in the coming months. Um, we're going to have um, some liquidity that we incentivize on Comdex, on Secret. Obviously, most of our liquidity is currently on Osmosis. Um, and we put up a, a, a GovProp uh, even uh, on Astroport, the Astroport forums, the, the main DEX on Terra. Uh, but anyway, like we've got this neutrality aspect where uh, we can work with anybody because we have no conflict of interest. And um, we're trying to grow the pie. We're trying to help other people with their DeFi. Um, ultimately, um, we're building LSDs for everybody um, to power other people's DeFi. So, uh, yeah, we've got to make a lot of partnerships. And, and we've been doing that a lot behind the scenes. Okay, cool. I definitely want to kind of want to jump in there with a question on something you said, but, and, and I think we covered this pretty good, but just to check if Mikkel or, or, or Pop most has anything to add on like, who is this product for, but we might just be in, in agreement that it's really for anyone and everyone, but I want to give you guys a chance to jump in. Yeah, pretty much aligned. Uh, just maybe one thing to add, which I, which I touched upon earlier as well. Uh, it's mostly, so, so while the goal is to onboard users to uh, and atom holders or native asset holders to to use liquid staking protocols, it is more of uh, it is also extremely important to to kind of natively or or predominantly integrate with with other applications, other DeFi applications uh, directly without the user having to go through the whole process of liquid staking. I, I think if you look at Look at the Adam one proposal or, or the constitution to be precise, and uh, and if you look at everything else that that has been talked around uh, within within Cosmos lately, uh, it, it it creates a lot more complexity and confusion for users. And and I do think, uh, although uh, holders asset holders in, in the Cosmos are much much more familiar with with staking and, and uh, also liquid staking, it is not that straightforward. So I, I think while uh, the focus should should obviously be on on onboarding users. Uh, I think the process may be expedited by by a huge margin if if the focus is also on on natively integrating with protocols that then allow uh, the the assets that are deposited onto those those platforms to be to be liquid staked. Uh, yep. Yep. Cool. Okay, and then. Does Pop have anything or? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, I I think uh, you know, well, let me just verify. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry, I want to make sure I don't say something. Okay. Good. Yeah. I, I almost said something I shouldn't have. It would have been way. No worries. Alpha. <laughs> Gotta be safe. Um. <laughs> So yeah, Cosmos community members like really, really value airdrops. Um, 
So Pupmos designed a system that was compatible with airdrops. Cosmos community members also really, really value connections with their validators. And so Pupmos designed a system that was compatible with sovereignty over those delegations. <laughs> I think that's kind of the simplicity of the design structure and, you know, maybe answers that question in terms of like, who is this designed for? And I think every liquid staking provider is kind of trying to design a product for everyone. But in thinking about who they were designing this for, that was kind of the consideration that they kept at top of mind. Hmm. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. Good input. Thanks, Bob. Um, okay. <laughs> this, this is not I, I uh, think, one of the questions. I think the, the like benefit of all of this is I think this can officially rule me out as uh, being pup most very, very easily for anybody that had any shred of doubt. <laughs> yep. Was there, was there, I guess there's doubt for everything regarding hey, the oh, I've, identity. I, I, I've had it come across my table a couple of times. I was like, yeah, you should see him talk about technical um, stuff. This wasn't the next question I wanted to touch on, but something um, you were saying, Mikkel, made me uh, like remember this and think of this. And I'm wondering just each of your sort of opinions on this thought from when I first learned about liquid staking. Um, which I don't remember exactly when that was, but and I've only participated in it once, I think. I used Stator Labs on Luna. Um, but other than that, one thought that's been constantly kind of cooking in my head, knowing that the ETH merge was coming up and going proof of stake, is I feel like a future is inevitable where when you withdraw ETH from like Binance and Coinbase, and you know, eventually down the road, maybe Adam, maybe what other whatever coins they actually give you staked ETH or staked Atom because it's in their best interest to have all of the Atom or, or ETH in their coffers staked. And hopefully it gets to a point like some of our speakers have, have talked about tonight where it is basically the base money. It's like interchangeable. It maybe has more liquidity than the, the native asset pairs. Like, is that a realistic future? Does anyone else think or... Just thoughts on that in general, because that's something I've always kind of thought about. Like, I feel like that is the peak of liquid staking taking over would be where like it is so much so the de facto token that it's what you would get when you like withdraw from an exchange. Does that seem feasible to anyone or? Uh, I really don't think so myself. Um, like I was saying, I was trying to say earlier, like, uh, it may seem like if you, like you're saying, um, Timmy, it may seem like if you extrapolate it out, it's going to eventually inevitably hit a hundred. Um, but you got to consider like, who are the guys holding most of the atom, for instance, like some of the big holders could have a million or 10 million atom. Like, I mean, isn't the, the actual answer, the, the Coinbase or Binance hot wallet though? Uh, yeah, definitely. There's a lot in there. But as for like individual owners, like some of these people who got in early or some of these institutions, anyway, some of these institutions own like a lot of Adam. And I, I feel like, I don't know, I don't have any evidence or data. Like at this point, things get a bit subjective. Like we're just kind of um, just chatting about what the future might hold. But uh, I feel like uh, they're not going to want a liquid stake because there is a little bit of risk when you liquid stake. Like whenever you do anything in DeFi, when, whenever you touch any contract or anything, you add at least a little extra layer of risk, right? 
Uh, and I feel like if you have 10 million Adam, you're going to be a pretty conservative person and you're really not going to feel like taking any risk whatsoever. Like you just have to consider there are people in the world, like in Europe, for instance, like trillions and trillions of dollars holding uh, negative yielding bonds, uh, at least according to the real rate. And um, when you have a lot of money, you get pretty conservative. And I feel like a lot of the big holders of Adam have a lot of Adam and have a lot of money. And like, I don't really think they'll feel the need to liquid stake. They'll probably just happily keep it staked and earning their staking rewards. And they won't feel a need to earn additional yield in DeFi. Uh, those are just my feelings. So I, I really don't think we'll hit 100%. Um, I don't even know if we'll hit 50% because if you think about the distribution of atom like most of the atom is probably held by people who hold a lot of atom you know uh what do you guys think about it mm, i guess i guess i can go next to me uh yeah go yeah. for it so uh, it's, it's actually a very thought provoking question no, i think uh, exchanges by by default would would be in a position where they only allow withdrawals of assets that are actually deposited. So if the asset being deposited is Atom, the user when withdrawing would actually want back Atom and not not a derivative asset. So uh, I, I think exchanges would be uh, would be uh, would most likely be giving back Atoms or, or the native asset itself, unless the exchange uh, uses uses the liquid state asset as as the base asset for trading itself so there could be a future where trading actually happens with liquid state assets instead of uh, native assets and that's where you know you could see a possibility where the exchange is, is uh, giving out the liquid state derivative back for uh, when users withdraw it uh, although the, the other point here would be that uh, these exchanges would then have to pick a liquid staking protocol to actually uh, to actually be able to do this and um, you know, because uh, for example, on on exchanges like Binance, I don't uh, imagine a future where Binance would have, let's say, Binance B atom, and and that B atom also has liquidity outside of Binance. Unless that is a possibility, what would the user actually do with the Binance B atom or, or whatever that asset is? So, uh, the fact that there's there's a lot of like uh, hoops to jump here. One being, uh, you know, the fact that whether whether it, a centralized exchange would actually pick pick a side or pick a liquid staking protocol instead of just uh, just taking it, it natively and and earning the yields for for themselves and their users uh, without taking on additional risk. But but I do see a future where trading actually starts happening in in uh, liquid staked assets on not just like the de uh, decentralized exchanges but also on on centralized exchanges. Again, don't don't see how we could hit hit that hundred percent mark. Uh, like like. John said it's not uh, that straightforward, uh, but but I don't necessarily agree with the fact that you know institutions might not be too keen to use liquid staking because I, I think it's the exact opposite. Crypto is, is again like you know very cyclical in nature, and in a bear market nobody wants to take risks, but in a bull market, pretty much everyone turns into a degen. Uh, although that's not not a great uh, approach or, or a great way to to go ahead with things. Uh, but you know in, even institutions are they start FOMOing into stuff and, and they might as well start liquid staking. But again, uh, just like we have so many differences in, in opinion, uh, in, in general, I do see a lot of people might not think that liquid staking is a great idea and may just be short on liquid staking in, in general. So that, while that may not be possible, I see a future where like 
liquid staked assets are are the assets that are deposited onto a huge centralized exchange for trading and and thus withdrawals happen in, in those assets itself some awesome answers um all right i i think i wrapped my head around Putmos's answer um so his viewpoint is yes the the goal of liquid staking is probably close to a hundred percent liquid stake. Um, and that's actually one of the major goals for Atom 2.0. Um, and Govmos is designed to be the simplest possible DeFi protocol because of this. It lets you compound just like restake and there's no security risk with pricing because one share always equals one token. Um, some of the work to accommodate that potential future of hundred percent or close to hundred percent liquid staking is that it's even designed to enable using Govmos staking derivatives as fee tokens on networks and could enable something like um, automatic delegation rebalancing, which is a headache for a lot of core teams and institutional investors. Same goes with Binance and others. So it's really designed around looking at what does the future hold at its highest level for liquid staking and how do we accommodate for the best possible future of that? Like if we're looking at liquid staking as an inevitable, we should look at what is the highest degree of liquid hold for us and be prepared to design our protocols around that eventuality. Uh, It doesn't mean that it will reach there, but what if it does? And if it does, we want to make sure that we've considered everything. And as myself, I would imagine um, that's probably why he's been working on it for a while. Wow, I really wish we had Stake Easy and Quicksilver in here because we have two brilliant builders who think 100% is highly unlikely and then one cute puppy that thinks it's it's possible. If if I understood mm-hmm. that right, Pupmos is... Yeah, absolutely. You understand yeah. right. Hmm. So then I would assume Pupmos just throw up an emoji for this. Um, would you agree that it is then like a strong possibility that the asset you deposit, withdraw, trade, et cetera, on a centralized exchange might be the staked version, especially for something like Juno? Not exactly. Okay. <laughs> that That is a little bit different. I see, I see that I see the, the roadblocks oh, there, but I, I, I awesome. saw a latent emoji. No, he, he was great. Oh, Oh, okay. Yep. And there it I was. Came in. I forget. Little, I no, no, no. I forget. Delay. There's a huge delay between speakers and what the audience hears. We are all in sync with each other. They're like 10 seconds behind. I always forget that. Cool. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's just a thought I've always played with. Um, cool. Okay. Sorry for that tangent. Um, Gaines, you want to? Yeah. 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 No, the, the pup touched on uh, the governance model that he's an implement. Um, but what about the rest of you guys? How are you handling governance in your protocol? And we can start with um, P-Stake, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, just to clarify, by governance, you mean governance of the Cosmos Hub itself or, or the asset being supported, right? Correct. Yeah, sorry, I'm just a little sleepy now. Uh, yeah, so for now, uh, again, uh, our goal has been to... to uh, again, we believe that decentralization is not so binary. It has to be... Uh, we believe in progressive decentralization. So uh, starting out, uh, STK Atom holders may not be able to participate in governance directly, uh, which is why the whole thought process behind selecting validators uh, that P-Stake delegates to. Uh, we've considered governance participation as one of the key metrics. So uh, we've taken a 
you know the last 35 proposals for example and uh, any evaluator that has taken uh, has participated in more than 15 uh proposals out of the last 35 are, are the ones who are actually eligible to be in, in the validator set so uh there are a few parameters that we've uh, kind of looked at uh, to decide the validator set it's the validator set comes out to be about 62 validators right now those are the ones who will get delegations initially but we do want to build out a proxy governance mechanism where uh stk atom holders themselves can can participate in governance now there's a lot of complexities here when you look at you know stk atom itself might be flowing to to a bunch of different chains and a different uh, it, it might be sitting in different contracts and that's where all these complexities come in but a standard module that allows you to like calculate your just you know shares of of stk atom would in the future allow you to actually let let stk atom holders or for example if you're lping stk atom in, uh, on a dex Uh, then based on your lp shares you might be able to to just participate in governance but again that also requires you to lock up your stk atom because uh or or any other derivative asset actually uh because uh, you could just swap it out right after participating in governance so uh again given the fact that uh, voting periods in cosmos is generally decently high it's not like like how defi protocols in uh, in ethereum work where the voting period is let's say 3 days 5 days 7 days uh it allows us to have like you know a uh, let's say an example would be in the last 3 or 5 days of of the voting period you have the ability to lock up your stk atom to participate in governance and once you've participated in governance you can pull that stk atom out and go back after the the 5 day period and so it's like building a proxy on top of the actual governance mechanism itself uh but in the short term uh, honestly speaking uh, we we will be launching with with a very simplistic uh, model where uh stk atom holders may not be able to participate in governance directly but uh, the validators that are being chosen are actually uh, validators that do participate in governance and have a, a huge voice in the ecosystem if, if really really quick uh what do you mean by you have to lock your liquid stake tokens on and how does that look like yeah. exactly so i haven't really fleshed out the whole mechanism but the idea is that uh you know if if you want to participate in governance uh, and you hold stk atom you might actually have to lock up your stk atom for a few days to part to vote on a proposal uh, unless so how, how it could otherwise look like is you have stk atom and you just vote on a proposal you swap out stk atom for atom rinse repeat uh, so there's a good chance that this may be uh, uh, an attack vector so to mitigate that uh, let's say there's a vote uh, there's a proposal on on the cosmos hub uh, on which you can vote now uh, the voting period starts today and in 20 days from now so for the first 15 days you may not be able to participate in governance but you may be able to lock up your stk atom uh, in a contract in, in a module uh, in an account and then participate in in governance through a proxy mechanism where you you know kind of uh, signal what uh, what your vote would look like and that is being replicated by pstick onto the uh, by the pstick module onto the hub itself hey uh, stride i want to get over to you next but um i want to throw out a question to pupmos just to give him time to to type to kevin because this is specific to him actually um whereas both stride and persistence are you know hubs built on another chain that can facilitate liquid staking of many different assets across different chains 
Govmos is built on Juno, and so I'm just curious if, like, to expand to other chains, do you have to build a similar module? It's not like the Govmos that lives on Juno acts like a hub similar to Strident Persistence, and you could also do liquid staking for Atom or something. Um, I, I'm going to, I want to pick your brain on that, but I wanted to give you time to type that out. So while you do that, we can um, pop back over to Stride. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, uh, one thing that I'm personally really enjoying in this conversation is learning more about um, Pupmos and like the, the, the whole Govmos idea. Um, that was a liquid staking provider that I hadn't been um, very familiar with prior to this conversation. And uh, I, I really, uh, really to, to kind of like uh, reiterate a point from earlier. I really like how there are so many different liquid staking providers and they all have different things they emphasize and like different values and priorities. And I, I do think it's like really interesting how Pupmos clearly, or I guess the thing is Govmos being built by Pupmos. Um, I like like the, the big emphasis I'm hearing about um, being able to like select validators and being able to vote, have these like super big values. Um, Stride uh, believes in that stuff as well, but uh, I guess I got to be frank and admit, like that is not like first and foremost for us. I guess like with Stride mainly, what we're trying to do is enable DeFi. Like uh, we are the biggest liquid staking provider in the cosmos currently. Uh, we've got $10 million worth of uh, ST Atom, Atom liquidity on Osmosis. And we're just like, uh, as the head of growth, like I'm always talking to DeFi applications about how they can utilize that liquidity for stuff like CDP stable coins and money markets and all that. So like that's, uh, I guess to be honest, that's like our priority. Like we wanna have lots of liquidity and like really enable DeFi. Um, but these other things are super important as well, and we're definitely not going to neglect them. Um, over the next few weeks, we're going to, well, first of all, there's like two things here. There's um, a validator, a host chain um, validator set curation. So how strides assets are um, delegated on host chains. And then there's um, proxy governance. And we're definitely working on both of them um, in terms of validator selection. Um, we are, uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to enable our, um, we're going to like start the process whereby stride token holders can vote on, um, host chain validator sets. So we're going to have like a big open, transparent, um, community process whereby like, we all hash out like how you should really select, um, validators. And then, uh, ultimately stride token holders will vote on how stride should delegate its atom and Juno and Osmo, etc. So that's going to be up and running in the next few weeks. And then for the other side, um, we we do uh, want to uh, give our users the ability to have a proxy governance or a liquid governance, as we're going to be calling it. And uh, as Mikhail was talking about, there are considerable complexities with doing that. Uh, we are pursuing it, and we are going to be working on that. And it's definitely um, something important for us. But um, that will be in the future for sure. Cool. Appreciate both your answers on that. Yeah, I think uh, the reason I thought to jump in with that kind of extra question for Pupmos is A, because he kind of already answered this one. But I'm wondering if the way he's able to more, uh, you know, directly involve in, in governance is a product of him being built on the chain where the native staking is taking place. So, um, Kevin, I wonder if he's written some anything about that. Yeah, so I think this is probably one of the bigger inspirations uh, behind Govmos, and um, like this is the 
this is a tough problem. Um, and like as an owner, it's also one of the things that kind of concerns me is like Kevin, the individual, not speaking for Putmos, is like, um, how do we tackle that issue? So, um, you know, in, in terms of the the way that the governance mechanism works on GovMos, um, you know, a lot of liquid staking protocols are kind of asking what the optimal validator set looks like. And in the GovMos model, GovMos is asking the user um, and, and keeping that sovereignty of choice in there. And the reasons behind that is to ensure that delegators are the one making the selection um you know not to point to any one particular chain but there's a real risk that um you know somebody could purchase a very large controlling amount not, not a full controlling stake but a very large stake in a governance token on a chain that controls a, a very large amount of say adam or juno or osmo and to influence where those tokens are staked for governance, right? So if I'm a bad actor and there's, you know, 3 million Atom that are being controlled by uh, uh, a chain, you know, if I can purchase tokens on that chain and decide where that's staked, that's a bit of an attack vector. Um, so the way around that, uh, the GovMos is preserving is that sovereignty of choice of the delegator. Um, so it's a hub and spoke model to answer your question, Timmy. Um, so it's starting out on uh, Juno, uh, and then it would be natively launched on each chain uh, that it is integrated with. So um, you would have GovMos on each individual chain that any given chain, um, and it would be deployed there. But first location is Juno. Okay, so. I guess more of a multi-hub model. Those aren't, they're each independent, like sovereign hubs on each chain, it sounds like, right? Yeah, okay. Exactly, cool. yeah. Awesome. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, this is why I, I knew this was going to be a particularly like good first town hall, because I think this is a fairly new piece of tech and technology, and there are a lot of different ways to go about it, probably each with many of their own like pros and cons. Um. Okay, so I know we've been going for a long time here. Um, we'll we'll just do one or two last little ones. So, um, actually, Gaines, do you have something you want to jump in with? Uh, no, I just I just agree that we do need more education about liquid staking, um, and that's just a whole another question that I was going to ask. But since we're running short on time, we can just we can just pop to the next question. Okay, I think I'll just uh, end with kind of a or. With, yeah, with a fun kind of open-ended one here. To me, I like to think of everything that goes on in, in cause, uh, Web3 in general, all of crypto, as like, this is just our first taste, all of this, DeFi, NFTs, this is our first taste of some like revolutionary technologies that are going to change things forever. Like, we all know that the future of NFTs as a technology is not just profile pictures, that sort of thing. And so I wonder when, when thinking of liquid staking in sort of a more zoomed out approach of like, sort of just a version of like an, a blockchain's version of an IOU at its core in, in some way, um, I'm wondering, and this is a little out of left field, but if any of you guys have like cool, exciting things you think that uh, 
the underlying tech here or the tech itself might enable in the future that aren't so obvious use cases. So it's not just unlocking more capital efficiency for DeFi, um, but I don't know, very open-ended one here. And and maybe there's not much, maybe this is what it is, but um, I like to think about things in this sort of bigger picture sense where we've only started to tap into the potential of the things we're creating here. And whoever whoever would like to jump in, if any if anything comes to mind. Uh, I guess I can go. Um, although um, I don't think I'll be able to answer your question very well. Uh, at Stride, um, like we think about the future, but we like mainly we're pretty pragmatic, and uh, like we think about the day to day. We think about like the next chain that we're going to onboard, the next liquid staking provider. Uh, the liquid staking derivative we're going to launch, um, the next protocol we're going to integrate with. Uh, yeah, we're pretty practical, focused on the day-to-day and the near-term, because like, if we can't be successful in the near-term, then uh, it may be very difficult to be successful in the long-term. Uh, that said, um, I guess I'll just reiterate uh, one of my points. Like, uh, I'm just really excited about how liquid staking is going to allow the collateralization of Cosmos assets. Like, uh, to kind of take a bigger picture approach, like maybe in 20 years or 30 years, um, yeah, the space could be very, very, very big. And um, think about what um, like billionaires do. Uh, people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, uh, they don't sell their assets, they borrow against their assets. Uh, everybody knows that Musk and Bezos borrow against uh, respectively uh, Tesla stock and Amazon stock. And um, that's what liquid staking uh, really enables because without liquid staking, sure, you could borrow against Naked Atom, but if you're going to collateralize Naked Atom in a decentralized way, you can't stake it. So you're losing 20% a year um, plus whatever you might be paying uh, to service your loan, you know, as, as your interest. So that's really not um, tenable. Uh, but with liquid staking, of course, uh, like I've been uh, repeating throughout this uh, discussion with liquid staking, the DeFi hurdle rate goes to zero. So you don't lose those staking rewards. And uh, if you were going to be collateralizing a loan with um, Strides ST Atom, all you pay is the interest rate, whatever that may be. You don't have to forego the staking rewards as an added disincentive. So yeah, uh, like in many, many years, this is definitely like liquid staking is how um, like very wealthy people in the Cosmos ecosystem are going to borrow against their Cosmos proof of stake assets. That was that was actually a fantastic answer. The first part, honestly, I, I love to hear from my projects that they're just focused on the here and the now and the core stuff. And then um, the latter half of it, like, yeah, actually got some gears turning in my head. Like, I believe, you know, eventually, although it might not be decentralized, uh, like the stock market will be tokenized. It'll just be like more efficient. Um, even if it's just completely run by the NASDAQ or whoever. And, you know, I could see this kind of thing maybe having a play there where someone wants to lend their stocks but still get dividends on them to, to like, borrow against. Or maybe that's maybe that's crazy, but, um, no, that was an awesome answer. Yeah, but to, to, say, to say just a little bit more, um, yeah, if you wanted to borrow against Adam and you wanted it to be staked, uh, you could do that. It just wouldn't be decentralized. Like it would have to be centralized in order to collateralize Adam in a decentralized way. It has to be available for liquidation at any moment, so it can't be staked. So, so it would have to be a derivative. So here's actually a, a 
seemingly obvious question that I don't know if we've touched on earlier, or maybe it's just one of the things I still haven't got my brain around. But so when I get uh, STK Adam or ST Adam or um, whatever Gov Juno that's going to be, my rewards that I'm getting, are they tied to that actual coin or to like my IOU and your guys' system? Because I'm thinking about like, okay, if I put that in a lending, uh, I'm sorry, if I put that in like a liquidity pool, I, I don't actually have that token anymore. The contract for liquidity pool does. And so, and it, it might be different answers from each of you guys, but like, where does the coin come in versus the 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 uh, staked coin, your staked representative versus the like benefits gained from the principal, whether they be governance or rewards. Like, where's that separation? Could it, could I liquid stake and then sell my ST atom for another asset, but still get the the rewards? So long as like no, obviously, but um, you see where my head's at. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, he. Yeah, well, uh, I'll speak for Stride anyway. Um, so the way Stride does it, just to kind of walk you through it on a very basic sense, in a basic sense, um, if you stake, if you deposit 10 Atom with Stride, uh, we put that 10 Atom into a pool and we stake it. And then we issue you a liquid stake derivative. Uh, let's say we issue you 10 ST Atom. So 10 liquid stake derivatives of Atom then your actual atom in the pool is going to be increasing um, because we, we reinvest the staking rewards or uh, we restake them. So the, the underlying atom is increasing, uh, but, the liquid, but the derivative, the derivative atom, the ST atom, which has the claim on the underlying atom, is not increasing. So as the underlying atom in the pool increases, but the... The derivatives with the claim on that atom do not increase. Uh, the derivative increases in value against the underlying atom. You see how it works? And then you can give, it's just a receipt token. You can give ST atom to anybody. And then whoever wants to redeem the underlying atom just turns in the, uh, the receipt asset, which is uh, ST atom. So that's how it works. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it is kind of accurate with my like IOU analogy earlier, sort of. Right. So, so then like how, I'm sorry, I'm sure you kind of just touched on this, but like a liquidity pool. So if I take my ST atom and put it in a liquidity pool, what's happening then? Cause I technically don't have control over it anymore. It's technically in a smart contract, but is it just that when I go turn in the receipt later, all my rewards have accrued there? Is that sort of the idea? Uh, yeah, like you've got a receipt yeah. token for a receipt token, right? Because the principle here, or, or like the naked token is Adam. You give that to us, we give you a receipt token, which is ST Adam. You put that ST Adam into a liquidity pool, and you, you get pair like it with LP. another asset. You get an LP token, that's another receipt token. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of, that's how it goes. It's like... You know, two there's two derivatives involved. So like ST Atom is a derivative and also an LP token is a derivative. Yeah. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Um yeah, does persistence or government handle handle that indifferently or similar? You want to just do a, a brief sort of walkthrough like Stride did of kind of how your system works in that regard? Uh, so it's it works in, in a very similar manner. 
uh, it's it's actually I I believe it's going to be pretty much the same for for a, a lot of liquid staking protocols. Uh, so, so similar to how you 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 know have the flow on Stride, it's it's going to be exactly the same for for stake as well, where you uh, deposit your atom on, onto stake which then stakes it uh, onto the Cosmos Hub and issues USDK atom, which you can. Uh, Again, use used to supply liquidity. I I don't personally foresee a lot of use cases around lending of SDK assets because you know, essentially if, if you lend it out, it's it's the borrower who's uh, generate who's holding on to your staking rewards. Unlike a contract where you supply liquidity, because since SDK atom or, or the other token is is actually uh, more like an exchange rate token, and the value of that token changes, it, uh, you will end up getting getting the same value back plus the staking rewards uh, when you LP it. Uh, so, so yeah, it's pretty much the same. To answer answer the other question that that you had asked me, uh, which is more around you know the future and and how we think it may uh, look like. I think uh, not to talk about the obvious obvious points, but again, just thinking off the top of my head. I do foresee a, a decent, decent use case uh, within interchain security, security itself for, for liquid staked assets, where liquid staked assets potentially may be able to, uh, you may be able to use that to secure another chain. And I, I'm not exactly sure how this would work, and I truly haven't thought through this. Uh, but yeah, just I, I do think that's a possibility. If you look at what Photon is supposed to do, for example, and uh, which is the atom and constitution of the proposal, uh, if if you look at that, uh, you know, Photon is is essentially issued to you on on bonding your atoms. It has a max cap. Uh, the number of photons will never be more than or equal to uh, will never be more than more than the number of atoms in supply, and then you can use that Photon to essentially. Uh, secure another ICS consumer chain. So I, I think Photon works very similarly to, to a liquid staked asset here. And uh, again, I truly haven't looked into into a lot of details around around Atom 1. Uh, but I do think that that is truly possible. And the fact that you know Photon is supposed to be the transaction fee token, I think that's a possibility for, for liquid stake tokens as well, where they are actually used for transacting on onto the cosmos hub now what that token may be is, is obviously a conflicting thing and it there, there is a real possibility that every liquid staked asset could be uh, could be a, a a transaction fee token and you could potentially also use it to secure other chains uh, yeah that that was awesome that's exactly sort of what i was hoping to tease and uh, with that kind of open ended question so interesting i'll have to I remember protons. I'm gonna to have to dig into that more now, though. Go ahead, though, Kev. Okay, I've just I've been. I oh feel boy. like I've been going a text wall. <laughs> I well, I feel like I've been going through a. Um, I'm like simultaneously translating while becoming uh, more educated on like three different vectors. Um, and after this, I'm going to try to get a brain massage or something because I this is very high bandwidth, but it's beautiful. I'm learning a lot. Um, so I have a really cool answer and I think I've kind of wrapped my head around some of this. And, um, so essentially, um, one of the points on, on this system, um, that GovMos implements is, is really kind of a, a Lego analogy, which is that it gives protocols and chains and, and really anyone who wants to implement it, the Legos to build out these other things. Um, so you can do things like vote from a lending protocol. Um, 
and you know let's say that you have your uh, gov juno sitting in a protocol on neutron in an lp you can still vote on juno with that token um, so one gov juno will always equal and be pegged to one juno and this uses existing dow dow reward contracts and distributes based on your share in the protocol and again these are like the liquid staking legos so any protocol can implement govmos however they wish as long as it's acceptable by the dow and network and in govmos rewards aren't accrued like you might traditionally think they're they're applied um, so typical staking derivatives cause this pretty large and permanent loss to users because the value is always changing um, Whereas with GovMos, this streams them out to all of the protocols. So um, the way I kind of uh, put this analogy together is, um, you know, if I put 100 Juno into GovJuno after a year, I'm going to have 100 GovJuno if I just were to hold that um, because it's pegged. However, if I take that 100 GovJuno and I lock it into Kevin's magical protocol, which does nothing but lock the assets up. 40 more GovJuno are minted and streamed out to the protocol you lock with them, which will reward those 40 Juno to Kevin Protocol and will distribute it to your wallet. And then you have 140 Juno. Um, in that scenario, which is not a great one because my protocol would suck uh, and it would just be like the most boring vanilla DAO staking contract, you would still receive all of your staking rewards because you've locked those tokens. But Kevin Protocol can also do a bunch of other really cool shit. And that's sort of the Lego implementation is that those staking derivatives go to Kevin Protocol as staking rewards, uh, which align with those contracts. And that's how the cool stuff happens. And by doing it that way, you preserve those governance mechanisms and that sovereignty of choice over delegator selection. Um, and you kind of protect that tenement social conssensus. Interesting. I'm and in this analogy, Ke Ke Kevin Protocol is not a real thing. So I'm starting there to feel like a, it's, There will it's, be a Kevin <laughs> Protocol DAO on DAO DAO by tomorrow. Just watch. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I'm going to have to chew on that one. Thank God these are recorded. I would probably um, ask for some elaboration there. And honestly, I'd love to just keep this combo going, but I think we're 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 pro we're above the the two hour mark at this point. Gains. Do you think it's probably time to start wrapping? I I think so. And again, sorry about those technical difficulties and getting in here a little bit late. But I've I've learned a lot already from this space. It's been amazing. Thank you so much, guys and pup. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, we had some people requesting to come up for questions earlier, um, but they all stepped down. Um, or asked us questions. So actually we do have, we have one question that hasn't gotten answered that I'll shoot, but um, if anyone does have remaining questions, although I think we probably covered them, feel free to request to come up right now. Sefi, I know you had something. Um, one question I got though in the DMs is just some further questioning on the stride airdrop and just when we might expect that. <laughs> oh no, that's not good. <laughs> wherever we go whatever <laughs> no no yeah wherever we go it's uh always that question um yeah. uh, we said the end of october that was our latest update and um, we will be 
providing another update shortly. That's all I can say. Gotcha. Won't press you further. Cool. Okay. Um, no one else requesting. I think we covered uh, most of the other community questions. And there, there's honestly so much more we could dive into with each of your protocols. And uh, honestly, I, as Timmy, would be happy to do that on some one-on-one spaces. But we've been going for two hours. I'm sure everybody is ready to go enjoy the rest of their Friday evening or day or go to sleep if you're um, where where Mikhail is or anyone else in a weird time zone. So I think we'll end it there for now. Um, this has been awesome. Thank you all so much for coming. Our guests up here, all of our folks in the audience. Um, so reminder, we're going to be doing this uh, once at the end of every month. Won't be like the exact same day or date or anything, because usually we'll have to coordinate with uh, multiple teams when we want to do this sort of panel thing. But um, yeah, you can look forward this look forward to this towards the end of every month um, from myself and Cosmos Spaces. And uh, if anyone you know wants to uh, get in touch with ideas or like say like oh this is definitely the thing you guys should talk about this this month, feel free to always reach out. We're we're down to listen to the community for those sort of things. Um, anything on your end, Gaines? Uh, just really quick, I, I know um, I was having issues earlier. But I just wanted to bring up that uh, we are struggling to stay in the active set for Adam. So any support there for Cosmos Spaces, we would uh, appreciate it massively. And that's all I got. Again, like I learned a lot from this space. I'm looking forward to the next one, the next town hall. So thank you again, guys. Yeah, hey, thank I'll, you guys just... for organizing this. Oh, absolutely. I, I've, we, I think we both were just talking one day um, in a couple of the other Cosmos Spaces hosts and just felt like, um, it'd be cool to have something with a little more structure and like uh, consistency that also provides sort of a cool, uh, different format than usual. I think most people in Twitter spaces do one-on-one -on -one interviews. Um, the monthly recap is probably helpful for some people, especially once we kind of get in the swing of it. So yeah, no, I, I'm just glad this went so well. The technical difficulties definitely tried to sabotage us like multiple times, <laughs> but we persevered guys. Absolutely. And uh, I also like just as as Kevin, uh, the, the validator, want to say thank you, um, Michael and Stride, for, for hopping on and explaining everything. I, I actually learned a lot more about um, both of the approaches you guys are taking to this. I think it's really great to also think through things. And, and this has just been super cool. I, I think that it's going to be a very, very different uh, space in Cosmos, you know, six months from now, it's going to be unrecognizable as is often the case with the progress that's happening. So um, thank you guys for taking the time to do that. Thank you, Putmos as well for um, the absolute novel that I have and, and enjoyed <laughs> relaying. And um, thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you for doing some translating, Kevin. That, that was awesome. I was I was going to do it if needed, but I felt like that'd be pretty weird. Um, <laughs> to both be the voice and a moderator. So this worked out perfectly. Um, yeah, and I guess I'll just echo um, what Cosmos Spaces said. If, if you have any Adam, especially if you're a whale or no one, they recently fell out of the active set, which is just absurd to me. So let's try and get them back in there. Um, ourselves, we're constantly sort of, you know, battling the floor on Juno and Evmos. So delegations there are much appreciated. Um, but other than that, just, you know, give us a follow for the next one at the end of next month and all the other cool stuff that we do. Give 
Kevin a follow, actually, for his awesome work, as well as the Persistence page, which isn't here, but Mikhail Stride, Pupmos, and I think Govmos. Yeah, Govmos is in the audience somewhere, so um, I don't think a lot of people are even aware of that page, but Govmos is a thing on Twitter. <laughs> so I think we'll end it at that. Thank you all so much, and we'll catch you all next time. Enjoy uh, your weekends, bye. everyone. Yep, great meeting. Good night, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Cosmos Town Hall for October, focused on liquid staking, hosted by Cosmos Spaces and Spark IBC. Recorded on Friday, October 28th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handing reports in the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch No shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Thank <laughs> you.